It's time to unleash the expert. What is he an expert on? Relationships, sex, spirituality, and rediscovering yourself beyond the trauma. Get ready to unleash more purpose, passion, and pleasure in your life. Here's the expert himself, Mr. Brandon Patrick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brandon Patrick Show. Glad to have you here. And I'm happy to to get into today's topic. I want to dive right in. I got a lot to say about it. Uh, my worlds are colliding and they're colliding big time. And I, I just want to talk about some of the things that are happening uh, these days because uh, it's kind of, in some ways, I've been trying to scream this from the rooftops for a long time. And um, a lot of people aren't listening and it seems like all of a sudden people are listening. So um, I want to talk about how my worlds are colliding because they absolutely are. Um, so I want to give a little bit of background. I'm going to start with some some background. And, I, and I've talked about this before. I've talked about when I first got got trained under Jody um, to, to treat sex addiction. And, you know, naive me, I was just this very straight arrow Mormon kid, um, therapist, thinking I was mature and ready to treat sex addiction. Um, I, I hit up the biggest, um, I, I hit up the biggest sex addiction treatment program in Utah County for a job because I wanted to, I wanted to know how to do that work. So I went and I got a job with Jody and, um, it was pretty messed up. Um, and I've talked about this before, but quickly I could tell that she was using the shame-based culture and sexual self-rejection to drive wedges between people and to create business for herself. And um, it, I could tell quickly that that wasn't awesome. Now, she was running the Lifestar program, um, and I'm going to talk more about Lifestar at the end here a little bit, but um, Jody herself was very unhealthy and she was also uh, very Mormon and would use the words and the things that she would learn at church and and take a lot of church stuff and, and use it in order to build her practice. Um. The, the common themes were an attack on sexuality, especially um, men's sexuality. Um, she also, another thing she would do is, I, I believe, attack femininity and um, teach partners how to be more masculine um, in order to create, and I put in quotation marks, safety. Um she was all about self-rejection and shame. She didn't understand actual sexuality in a human being. Um, and, you know, these these very stringent boundaries and things that um, sexuality was supposed to fit in a, a perfect box um, for everybody, the same box. So, that was the messaging of Jody, And she ran with it way too far she made a ton of money doing this and um and, and yeah so you guys 
The sex addiction treatment community is pretty small. And I've been in the game for a long time. There's a lot of people that don't like me. There's plenty of people that do like me. Um, But it's pretty small. And there's this dirty little secret that nobody wants to say out loud, but we know that it exists. And, And here's the secret. If I'm in a rigid religious community, um, then as a sex addiction uh, treatment practitioner, then I can drive home certain messages that will fuel my practice and make me money. And um, the messages are uh, that you should absolutely fit within this box when it comes to your sexuality. Um, you should reject yourself as a sexual being and that the most important thing to drive the business is to validate the partner's pain. Um, so if you can validate the partner, now, now I'm not saying validating the partner's pain isn't important. I'm not saying that, uh, that is important, but if you're using it in order to demonize the person struggling with the compulsive behaviors or just the person having healthy sexuality, if you're using that to demonize that so you can validate the partner's pain and in turn you're getting loyalty from that partner for your practice, uh, that's actually a very easy thing to do. It's the, it's the easy place to go is to just validate the partner's pain and drive wedges between the partners um, because the partner comes in very... Uh, vulnerable and emotional and to have somebody say your dirty rotten scoundrel partner has hurt you and they're you know they are not okay it feels good because it's like yeah thank you somebody will listen to my pain here's the, the the big problem with that is if you stay right there only then you have to keep demonizing the other person and especially demonizing their sexuality. Okay. The other thing that happens is as the partner, you don't really start to get better. At first, you need that validation. You need that understanding that there's pain there, that you've been hurt. But if you stay right there, you might feel loyal to that program that's telling you that you're hurt, but they're not helping you in the grieving process and moving forward. And I've seen many programs take advantage of the climate and the culture around here, around a a religious culture and a climate. I've seen many of them take advantage of that and do this very thing and profit off of it and profit off of tearing families apart, driving shame home to partners, um, sending messages about sexuality and teaching messages about sexuality that are completely false and not okay. And it happens all the time. So early on, I could see like, hey, uh, sexual self-rejection and helping the partner stay in a victim mentality, this isn't helpful. Like this isn't good. Um, and and I actually got some pushback when I when I talk about things like, you know, as a human being, you're attracted to multiple people. Um, I get emails that say things like, you're horrible for saying that. How dare you? Um, when I talk more openly about healthy masturbation, 
Um, I get emails that say, you're so off. You're so wrong. How dare you? Um, and um, beca- because because what is taught in these cultures is that you shut it down and you don't do those things. So in the meantime... Everybody's still masturbating and everybody's still attracted to multiple people. But now we're going to pretend like that's not happening because you got to fit in the box. So then you're feeling like you lack integrity because you're not being honest with yourself and you're not owning your sexuality. But you got a therapist there saying, horrible you, horrible you, you, you are sexual. That's bad. Unless you have sex with your spouse only. That's it. That's all sexuality is. And the religion comes in and says, it's vile and disgusting and horrible, you know, things, things like masturbation, pornography. Now, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of those things. I'm not saying go out and indulge, but, what, but we need to take a step back and say, okay, let's stop for a minute. And before we just send messages of disgust and how horrible it is, let's stop and realize that we're sexual beings. Let's stop and honor our 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 sexuality and and what that is actually, and talk openly actually about what it actually is. I was talking to a guy um, recently, and he was very very weak in his energy. He lacked healthy masculinity, and he was raised very religious. And he started masturbating when he was 12 and he hid it from his parents and then he'd tell his bishop and then he'd tell his parents and then he'd keep masturbating and then his bishop would tell him, hey, this is how you're going to stop. And his parents would say, you got to stop, you got to stop and he'd keep doing it. And it just fueled this whole message from a young age, from 12 years old, that you're bad, like this is not okay, You're that you're broken um you're not you're not okay as you are and from that young of an age and so he would go masturbate in order to soothe himself to feel okay feel better um and then drive home the message that he's not okay and now he's a married man in his marriage and what do you know every so often he's masturbating looking at porn and his wife comes along and she's devastated and and he's like, yeah, I'm a piece of crap and I'm the worst ever. And I'm, and so what do you know? Like he's, as an adult, he's a shell of himself because years and years and years of belief that you're, you're not okay. Okay. Um, that, that, I, I've heard that story thousands of times. I've witnessed marriages like that thousands of times. So you take a couple like that where she's now monitoring him and making sure that he's not going to act out and and all of these things and he's extremely weak, doesn't know who he is and you drop him in an office with Jody and Jody shreds them apart. Jody slices and dices. Okay? Um she drives home the message of how bad he is and how he's not okay <clears throat> and then drives home a message to the the wife of how she needs to have these controlling boundaries that uh 
that divide them and push them apart. All while she's completely validating the partner and the spouse. And the partner and the spouse is saying, wow, Jody's fighting for me. And in the meantime, they're writing large checks to Jody. Okay, so there's been a lot of news lately. So Jody went to jail. We know that. Um, if you don't know that, Google it. Jody Hildebrandt, um, all of her stuff. Um, then a guy named Maurice Harker. I don't know if he's in jail right now, but he has this weird uh, legal charge going on. Maurice Harker started a couple of programs. He started um, uh, Sons of Helaman, which treats adolescents with sex addiction. I mean, talk, talk, think about it, you guys. Talk about a business that can't fail. You're, you're in a really religious place that's that's telling all these adolescents, "Don't masturbate, don't masturbate, don't masturbate," and. He comes along and he's like, hey, I have this system that's going to help adolescents not masturbate. And I'm going to call it Sons of Helaman, which is actually connected to the Book of Mormon and all Mormony and all this stuff. And so like, yes, I will solve the problem of, of the adolescent masturbation. That dude's never going out of business. As long as the church is coming along and saying, you shouldn't masturbate adolescents, like stop it, stop it, stop it. That dude's never going out of business. Now, Harker, he also started Men of Moroni, which is a, an adult male, basically, don't masturbate group and don't look at porn group. Um, and, and these things have been going for 20 year plus years and have spread. There's a lot of these groups. Um, he also started one for women, for partners. And I don't, I don't know as much about that one. Um, but Harker... <laughs> is now it, it got this legal charge where he was, and, and I don't know what's true and what's not with this one because I'm not as closely connected to Maurice Harker as I am Jody. Um, but he was like wrestling a client to help her get rid of her demons and treat her PTSD. And th that's allegedly, right? Like, I don't know what's true and what's not, but so he got this weird legal charge recently. Jody got this weird legal charge um, and so it's brought to light some of this, the extremities of, of what's going on in terms of therapists and treatment when it comes to sexual addiction and Mormonism and all of those things. Um, and, you know, before some of this stuff has blown up for years, it's just kind of been going this way and in, in these directions. And, um, even some of the like 12 step groups and things like really teach men how to be really weak, um, how, how to, how to not live on the edge, how to not be open and honest, um, men, they, they, they almost, uh, celebrate the weakness of a man and, and call that recovery. Um, I've been, you know, like, Utah Coalition Against Pornography. You go to you go to that conference, and there's plenty of um, presenters and presentations that are just like just driving this whole narrative home. Uh, this whole narrative of you know you bad boys for being sexual, and you poor wives for feeling the pain of of the sex of the sexuality. You guys like Adam Moore, Utah Valley Counseling. 
um, betrayal trauma recovery is one of the worst. And there's there's plenty of followers there, plenty of validated partners that are sitting there in their victim stance and saying, yeah, yeah, you're, you're just not protecting me because I'm being abused. I'm being abused by my partner. And maybe maybe you are being abused. Maybe there is emotional abuse. But that whole platform is built on if your husband doesn't fall into the box, then you are being abused. And it's built on this climate and this culture. And it's profiting off of it. So, and I could go down the list now. Um, th- there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have found this dirty little secret, and I think you know Tyler in many ways is like, well, I don't think think they intentionally do this, and I'm like, no, they do. Like they they know what they're doing. I. I knew back in the day I could, if if I wanted to, I could walk into a presentation, whether it's at UCAP or I've spoken a bunch of conferences and just validate the partner like crazy. And I'd get tons of people signing up for my program. I knew, I knew I could do that. I knew that was there for the taking. I just didn't want to be a part of destroying a bunch of families. Like I wasn't, I wasn't into that. And you know, Finlayson Five, she comes along, she's like, hey guys, sexuality's okay. Like, really, it's like, okay. It's of God. It's not of Satan. Um, and everybody's like, whoa, what? No way. So, um, with this whole Jody thing, um, John DeLynn has taken this and run with it. So if you guys aren't familiar with who John DeLynn is, most people are. He started the Mormon Stories podcast years ago, and he's been a very outspoken uh, person who's who's talked about issues within the the LDS religion. And um, he's he got excommunicated himself, and so he's it's it's his career, it's his it's his mission to he he says to bring informed consent to people who follow the LDS faith. Um, and so with this, this whole Jody thing, he has discovered how, how destructive the whole climate and culture is around therapists, sex addiction, and healthy sexuality. And um, he's talked to, to several people who have, who, who were Jody's clients and, um, and the more he talks to people, the more he realizes like, whoa, she totally took advantage of the, um, she totally took advantage of the, the church and the climate and the culture here. And she did exactly what I've been talking about. And so Delin is kind of on a quest now to out um, all of the programs and all, all of the people that hurt people as a result of demonizing sexuality and um you know throwing religiosity into into the therapy office and um in many ways i appreciate what delin is doing um i appreciate it because he has the platform and the voice in order to say okay this is not okay i've been saying this for a long time now now he's saying, no, 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 like no longer can you treat sex addiction this way. Like stop, stop using shame and control. 
gaslighting and manipulation in order to treat sex addiction. Um, so I, I appreciate him for that. Here, now, now I, I have a bit more of a, I think, perspective on this than, than he might, um, in that I've been <laughs> behind the scenes in the arena day in and day out for the good majority of my career. And uh, there's a couple things I, w- I want to just kind of address. As, as he goes out on this witch hunt, um, I, I, I want to acknowledge that there are witches to be found. Go go for it, Delin. Flush them out. Um, find those witches. Find those people that are hurting families. I'll give you the list. I, I can give you a good list of, of people that I believe are not in the game in I shouldn't say the game are not in this field for the right reasons because there are there are those people and I hope that he exposes them I really do <laughs> um but one thing to understand that that I hope he understands is it's not so black and white um you know that there's extremes sex addiction is a real thing so if somebody treats sex addiction it doesn't mean that they're a part of this shameful system i've worked with guys who literally have can't can't get off their computer 6 to 8 hours a day watching pornography guys that push limits and end up in jail because they can't stop their compulsive sexual behaviors guys who have slept with over 300 prostitutes married men who hide it and just want to stop but don't like so so there's a continuum sex addiction the compulsion for sex addiction is a real thing food addiction is a real thing i believe process addiction is a real thing so so substance addiction isn't the only thing and if if uh, my sugar addiction is a real thing now you know the, they come back and they say opponents to this say it's natural sex is natural sex is good um so is eating eating is natural and eating is good um i think that you can be addicted to something that is natural so we need to acknowledge both we need to, to acknowledge hey this can be problematic and also let's not demonize what is natural and let's get clear on what is healthy and normal sexuality that might be way different than we were taught. Like, let's be open-minded to that and find some good resources on that and understand that. Um, like, I was in a van last week. It was a big van. There's like 14 guys in there and all of them have masturbated in adolescence, like every single one of them. And it's like, okay. It's pretty crazy how 14 out of 14 are masturbators. Like maybe it's part of normal, you know, sexual development. I don't know. Like, you know, sure seems that way. Um, So let's not demonize normal, healthy sexuality, but let's also, we need to have programs and support for those struggling with extreme and compulsive sexual behaviors. So if somebody's treating sex addiction, it doesn't mean that they're a bad therapist or a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're taking advantage of systems. It might mean that they're actually doing a lot of good in the world.
Um, here, here's the problem is if you're running a program or entering a program, going into a group or whatever, and you have both actual sex addicts in the group and those struggling with scrupulosity in the group. And th this is quite common where, yes, the guys that I just kind of explained, they're in the group because they are really struggling with their sex addiction. But then you have the guys who think they're sex addicts just because they have sexuality inside of them and they're trying to be righteous. And if you listen to some of my content, like I've interviewed some guys like this and I, I, I have to almost like talk them out of their sex addiction. You know, it's that 22 year old kid who, you know, wants to look at pornography and, and feels like he's broken just because he wants to look at it. And so he wants to join a sex addiction group because he desires that. Sorry, like you're not a sex addict. That's normal. Um, it's that guy who, who, uh, you know, slips up every once in a while and views something or, and then is honest and open and doesn't do it very often at all. And, but, but feels like he's a complete total failure and addict and he wants to join the group sitting in there with that dude who slept with 300 prostitutes. You know, there's a continuum. And some some guys are right in the middle. Some guys are, maybe there's an addiction here, maybe not. We got to look closely. We got to look at things like, has your tolerance built up? Are you pushing limits that you haven't before? Are you spending more time, more money, more energy? Um, when you really don't want to do something, can you stop yourself? Like, we we need to assess for addiction, um, but it's not okay for programs to throw everybody who thinks they're a sex addict into a sex addiction group because a lot of that thinking you're a sex addict might come from the 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 programming. So I do want to talk about Lifestar a little bit. Um, I have a background with Lifestar. I um, that's what Jody was running when I got trained under her. Um, I then went on to purchase um, the Lifestar territory of Utah County, um, where I ran it for not very long, maybe six months, and then I moved on to Addo Recovery. And <laughs> um, Lifestar is interesting because. How, they, how, the, how their business model is set up is they provide content and then the therapist, whoever that is, can take that content and run group programs with it. Now, Lifestar itself, I think the content was was pretty good. Was, I, I mean, yeah, it was the, there's some things I'd tweak about it and things I'd add and um, things I'd do a little different, but overall, their content's fine. Um. Who runs the group and who runs that content really makes a difference. So if Tyler's running a Lifestar group versus if Jody's running a Lifestar group, that Lifestar group can be very effective and very good and very powerful and very healing for an individual if Tyler's running that group. Now, if Jody takes that content and she's running a Lifestar group, she can turn it into everything that I've been talking about. So we need to be careful uh, to do a blanket statement. Now, now, I don't know much about Mena Moroni or Sons of Helam, but just by the name of it itself, 
that concerns me. It's a sex addiction group, and we're naming it a very religious thing. So already it's claiming to say, we are going to use your religion to help you get over your sexuality. That is concerning to me. So Lifestar doesn't do that. Now, the facilitators of the Lifestar programs might do that sometimes. We're going to use the religion in order to help you get over your sexuality. And that's what Jody was doing. So um, you can you can look up talks. You can like really find the the people in the in this space who are who who beat the drum of shame and self rejection. It's not hard to figure it out. I mentioned a few of them today. Um. So, Delin, good luck. Like I hope I hope you do a lot of good by flushing this out. Um, but also I would say like make sure that you're flushing out the actual witches, so to speak. And don't just demonize the whole the whole entire field of sexual addiction recovery because some of those people doing sexual addiction recovery work, some of those therapists are the most courageous hardworking, they burn out, their job is hard, and they're fighting like hell for people. And they don't deserve to be drugged through the mud um, just and lumped into and lumped into like all of these crazy people. Um, so so just be be careful um as to who you who you throw on under the bus here. Now some of these people deserve to be thrown under the bus. Some of these people deserve to be sitting in jail right now. Um, and and I'm grateful they are so that they can't continue to hurt people. Um, with all of this, you guys, there is something much bigger going on. We can talk Jody, Maurice, um, BTR, like all these things. There's something much bigger going on. And when I say these programs take advantage of the climate and the culture, I think that's what we need to look at. And take a step back and say, whoa, like what waters are we swimming in here where programs like this become extremely successful? Maybe the it's not really the program that's the bigger issue. Maybe it's the water. How do we shift from a culture of sexual shame and self-rejection to a culture of sexual self-acceptance? honoring who we are as human beings, loving that part of us, living in transparency and openness and honesty. How do we shift that? How do we shift the the just embedded automatic ways of thinking that we have about shooting all over ourselves when it comes to what sexuality is and what healthy sexuality is? How do we shift that? How do we see sex as something that God just created and, and thinks is amazing rather than something that is a sin second only to murder or something that's naughty and disgusting. I think we need to look ourselves in the mirror pretty, pretty, pretty hard and say, like, do I perpetuate these things? Do I perpetuate them when I talk to my children, when I teach my children about sex? 
Do I drink in some of the messages and the things that I get from church leaders and things that that don't feel right, but I believe them anyways, and then I feel bad. I feel bad about myself. And that I'm going to continue to keep talking about this. I, I believe it's my mission in many ways and my purpose in order to kind of illustrate what's actually going on here. I've seen way too many in shame and, and, and I've seen way too many families torn apart. I've seen way too many partners hurt by the dynamic that is created with all of this. You guys, I hope this has got you thinking. Um, I hope if, if you've been in programs or you haven't been in programs, in the least, I hope it's entertaining so you can, you know, learn from it. But I, I hope too that it really gets you thinking about you personally and our culture as a whole and, and how we can shift some things. Thank you for listening. You guys have a wonderful day. We'll see you.